0: Welcome to Discover Your Destiny podcast, where we believe that your life is not an accident. You have a destiny, and we want to help you discover it, pursue it, and fulfill it. And now, here's your host for today, Dima Barishnikov. Welcome back to Discover Your Destiny podcast. And let's continue with our interview. Uh, I know we had conversations about about this before you shared with me about your faith you can you, you grew up in a Christian family um, do you remember the time when this uh, then the reality of Christ actually you came face to face with that it became real to you your faith you, you surrendered to God your faith became real to you do you um, can you talk a little bit about that
1: yes um. In my community, in my family, I had good examples of Christianity. Not perfect Mm -hmm. examples, but I felt like they were they were good examples. My parents cared about my brothers and me. They served us well. Mm -hmm. They taught us work ethic. They taught us service. They taught us the principles that we all know from studying the Bible, the Mm -hmm. Ten Commandments, and and the rest of it. The Presbyterian church I was in really had a good youth ministry, so I got a lot of input from growing up in that church. And I never um, fought the messages given to me. I never rebelled. It was something that I... Accepted. Embraced it. I, I embraced it. That's a great way to put it. And um, there was a particular moment when I was 15 years old when we had one of the, this was the summertime, we were having one of our weekday Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the members of our class brought in an audio tape. And he gave us the setup. I wish I could remember the name of the minister, but they said he's near the end of his career. It had been taped Mm -hmm. decades before. And that tape was since this ministry minister was so revered, it had been copied and sent on. And my friend got a copy of it and he played it for us. And as this minister is talking to the audience, he said, if I asked you, are you in college or not? It's a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. You know the answer to that. At the time, I wasn't in college. I was in high school, and I knew clearly what the answer was. He said, same is true if I ask you if you're a Christian, because you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. That means you're a Christian, and it means your destiny is heaven. So there's no question about whether or not you're a Christian or whether or not you're going to heaven, if the answer is yes. So I ask you in the audience, are you a believer? Is your destiny heaven? Mm-hmm. And I knew at that time that I had accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior and that I did have uh, ultimately a uh, uh, final home of heaven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, as a 15-year-old, no. I understood enough to accept Christ as my Savior. Uh, I,
0: I like how he put it. It's a yes or no question. You know, it can be anything you can be. If you're not sure, it's probably no. You know, you you, you got to be sure. And uh, um, so you responded to the um call of God at the early age, basically, to follow Him. Um, so when God led you into this career of a, a police officer, what what can you tell us about, what is your favorite aspect of police work?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, I got into it because I wanted to serve. I wanted to actually make people's lives better, mm-hmm. help them. And as a young officer, I believe largely that was to protect the good citizens from the bad mm-hmm. citizens. And some of my early interactions with the, the criminal element, there was there was conflict because mm-hmm. I wouldn't back down. I was a a, a a young, strong kid in law enforcement, and. People really couldn't bully me or threaten me. But as time went on, I came to realize that, that that person that is so bitter and angry that they are capable of committing a crime and harming somebody else likely was a victim themselves. So as time's gone on, I've realized everybody at the scene Mm-hmm. is a victim. Now, I have to protect that true moment on the spot mm-hmm. victim from that person that may be harming them or threatening them. But when all is said and done, my ministry is to everybody in mm-hmm. the room. And when I finally understood that, it's still not too late in my career. My perspective Changed a yeah. little bit on that, so um, I, I certainly have a heart for that victim mm-hmm. because they should not be taken advantage yeah. of. But if I understand what led that suspect to that moment, mm-hmm. they they likely need. Need some support too.
0: Yeah, they they need some ministry too. That's a minister in you. Yeah, uh, that's a not only approaching your job as a set of requirements or a set of rules. That's what you do. This what you don't do. You 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 you're trying to serve every everybody. I'm just uh, I'm just uh, um, reminded about when Jesus died on the cross. He said t- about. About the the very people that put him on the cross, he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Uh, and that's um, and that's when you see spirit of Christ in people. When can we love and try even to minister to people that not necessarily likable in the moment, or you know, many people may be hating them, and maybe they deserve that hate. But still, Christ in you enables you to um, love them. And even having a desire to to help them or understand them, where they're coming from, um, I think it's needed in every work, whatever we do in life. That that's kind of attitude is needed very much. So, um, in your in your work, what um, connection do you see between your faith and your work, and how have you been able to use your faith in doing your work?
1: Well. Um a great question. When I first got into law enforcement, I thought the skills that I have are well suited for law enforcement. And faith is a part of that. But the longer I was in law enforcement and it, this year, it's 42 years. Mm, wow. The longer I'm in it, the more I realize that everybody on that scene needs ministry. And my job is not to be a police officer. And then when the time is convenient, be a minister or, or portray Christ Mm -hmm. as well as I can. I mean, we're all flawed and I've had plenty of failures, but the, the time is not, it's not a separation in that job on the job I can be Christ every day and how I make decisions, how I interact with Mm -hmm. people, how I um, accept people for their strengths and weaknesses, their shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And um, once I truly understood that and realized my ministry is not to tell people what I did in law enforcement the next day, but to be Christ in the moment. Mm -hmm. It changed a little bit the way I interacted with people.
0: Sometimes we wear different hats in life, but you can't forget your Christ hat at home. That hat is being worn, you wear it all the time, you mm-hmm. can't take it off, can compartmentalize that. So if you're a police officer, you're also a believer, you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, while you're a police officer, you know? And so, 24 um, seven, and I, I love that attitude when you, and I love your response when you said that, when I'm a police officer, Christ still lives in me, and, and I have to show Christ, even when, I'm, when, I, when I do my, my, my job.
1: Uh, the, the way you just phrased that, yeah. um, it's interesting because a lot of us got into police work thinking, I'm a, I'm a police officer, I'm a cop 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week, mm-hmm. every day of the year, <laughs> early on. The people that trained me in policing said, no, you're a police officer when you're on duty. Mm-hmm. When you're off duty, don't, don't carry that with you. You need a break from mm-hmm. it. But your point is, it's not the other way around where.
0: Without faith.
1: Yeah. We're a police officer 24 yeah. hours a day and we're a Christian for this compartmentalized yeah. part yeah. of our day, part of our week. Yeah. That is 24-7. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and and a lot of
0: people have this attitude that they have Christianity. It kind of it, it's kind of compartmentalized in their life. They they talk about God. They um, they're aware that they are believers and followers of Christ on Sunday or whenever they have a Bible study, but their job their careers everything they do outside of church it's kind of it, it's on a different track you know it's on a different track and i love when people understand and realize that being a follower of christ yeah it, it's it can be part-time you either like it's a yes or no question. You're the all in, or you are not all in. You're you not in at all. So yeah, you, you're going all in, you're 24 seven. You know, you can take a break from it. You don't want to take a break from it, you know? So, um, yeah. but, uh, you know, even with your faith and even with your walk, uh, um, Uh, with Christ, um, you still experienced some challenges through your career, especially dedicating 42 years. That's a long time, more than four decades. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? What challenges have you experienced in your career, whatever you can share?
1: Yeah. um, When I I think of challenges, I'm going to give a couple that, that kind of mm-hmm. run through my experience. Uh, as a police officer, when you're on duty, the vigilance is a challenge because in reality, this is the way it's been described. Um, it is long stretches of boredom mm-hmm. with moments of pure terror. No, oh, Wow. <laughs> and, and in police work, there, there is an element of that. You never know when that call's going to come in and it's a really bad one yeah. or you go to the scene and it's a really terrible scene. Maybe it's a it's a, a, an awful crime or maybe mm. you've got to deal with somebody that isn't happy yeah. that you're there and. Yeah. Um, I've had to take knives away from people. I have, um, I spent eight years in SWAT. We had a number of situations where we were trying to decide whether or not we would shoot this person if we got a shot. Mm -hmm. Almost all of those, the answer was no. I've been on a few where they've said, if you get a clear shot, Take yeah. it because of the terrible things this person has mm-hmm. done—a yeah. yeah. kidnap, hostage, threats that mm-hmm. were made, uh, firing a gun at the police already. Um, if you get that shot, you can take it. So, the 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 cycle of calm and almost boredom, punctuated with yeah. the, the terror. Um, Really, kind of creates um, a challenge for officers. And um, there there are, everybody has weaknesses. When I started, one of my weaknesses was report writing. Because as you learn report writing, it's not a synopsis or or a scaled down recollection of what happened, it's really Mm detail. That's key. So as I learned, over time, my reports went from maybe two pages to four to eight to ten. And yeah. it, by the time I was done with career, m- with my career, I had done um, investigations that were probably 100 pages or more. Oh, yeah. so, so you have to learn to really add that detail to pay attention to things, to ask all the right questions. Yeah. And not be afraid to go back and ask questions later that you might need yeah. Clarity on it that maybe you, you missed the first time. So so that's a challenge. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in, in my own particular life is how I am wired, how how I treat people. It's a struggle to think others are gonna treat me differently. Mm-hmm. But what really helped me understand that is to realize that other person that might be willing to harm me thinks I'm willing to harm them. Mm -hmm. So we're both coming at the situation with two sets of values. And the best way for me to deal with it as a police officer is to be understanding that that person could have wrong intentions they could be somebody that wants to hide the truth somebody that Mm -hmm. wants to harm me somebody that's harmed somebody already and they don't want me to find out yeah so i i have to be an investigator at the moment and think through those things yeah um
0: you know, those are some serious challenges. You know, when you when you talk about reporting and uh, um, we're talking about those moments of terror that you can, it, it may be all quiet and suddenly something happened. But when you're reporting, don't you have to relive that in your mind, what happened? You know, it's not something you, you saw one time and then, okay we're done with it and when you leave that scene you're done but then you have to write a detailed report it means in your mind you have to remember analyze that and in some way relive that again and uh, i'm sure it puts some uh, emotional stress and and that's kind of leading me to another question that i had kind of relating to the previous question, how do you deal, or how have you dealt in your career with stress and fear, and fear, uh, I'm not talking about like uh, running away from something, but every person has fear and a little bit of, uh, of anxiety. How, do, how did you deal with that?
1: Uh, and that's that's a great question. Um, we We have learned through a number of formats, trainings, that we're going to deal with critical stress incidents Mm -hmm. that are going to be difficult to work through. But if we understand what we're experiencing, it helps. I'll give you a small example. In a really terrifying situation, we have a physical reaction. Mm -hmm. Our body dumps adrenaline. Yeah. And when it dumps that adrenaline, you, you go from standing calmly mm-hmm. to shaking. And a lot of people equate that shaking with fear. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily fear. And in law enforcement, largely, it's that adrenaline dump. And your body is trying to maximize its ability to address this really mm-hmm. awful situation. Um, a person with a knife. And I could tell you stories about those situations. Somebody that um, has killed somebody, and we're trying to take him into custody. Um, your body will shake, and and when you're you're done with that, you think, okay, well, the the terror part is over. Why am I still shaking? Some people think, well, I must be afraid. I must be a coward. That adrenaline keeps pumping, no. and it'll pump. And it it takes your body sometimes three days to get all that out. Mm -hmm. So understanding those things is helpful. But for me, um, I have to go to faith. And one of the things our Lord teaches us through Paul's writings is, is that no situation will come before us that we are not. Capable mm-hmm. of managing through Christ. Yes, First Corinthians, ten thirteen, I believe. Um, and if if we understand that, mm-hmm. and if we truly believe it, God's going to take care of all those situations. And I've seen that over and over mm-hmm. and over in my life. I haven't had um, the, those moments where, in reflection it 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 wore me down mm-hmm. I take that to Christ I have other interests beyond police work uh, I've got a, a family that is second only to my mm-hmm. faith so when when I list my characteristics who I am I am a Christian I'm a husband I'm a father I'm a brother. I'm a son, I'm an uncle, I am these things, I Mm -hmm. am a friend, I'm I'm those things before I am what my career is. Law enforcement has been good to my family and me, It's provided us a a way to make a living. Mm -hmm. And here getting ready to retire, I'm in a position where Karen and I, my wife, we don't have to work. Mm -hmm. And and that is a remarkable blessing. Unless things change, and God Mm -hmm. may have a different plan. But um, at at this point, we're healthy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We've we've got everything we need. This career has provided that for me. Um, So I don't... I, I don't go home at night and have some of the struggles that people do and I praise God for that. Yeah. He also allows us to experience what we are capable of managing and because of the things that I have not experienced I think God's been protective.
0: So your faith all of these uh, these things, your faith, your family Helped you to uh, uh, help you manage through these times of stress or something you experience because, um, like you like you said, uh, when you go through this stress situation, it might linger for several days. So you we've got to learn. A lot of people they never learn how to deal with that, so it harms them a long period of time and uh, either affects them mentally or um, even physically and so we all need to know how to uh, rely on our faith and know that God will never put on us more than we can handle and rely on on a, on a help from from God uh, um, while we're going through these times of stress and uh, and you and you found that. you you learned that how, how to do it. Um, uh, so can, I, I don't know how much you can share about this, but what um, can you give us some examples um, of some tough decisions that you had to make? in your career, um, and what do you rely upon? And you, I know you already touched upon that, but some tough decisions where you really had to make, and you had to make them. Nobody could make it for you, you had to make the decision. And uh, what did you rely upon in making those decisions?
1: Um, great question. When I think of those tough decisions, um, there's kind of two different angles on it. One is um, that call at the moment, how do I resolve this situation Mm -hmm. as an officer here at this scene? Um, A a, a situation that comes to mind, um, I, I got a call Right at shift change, I worked the midnight shift, and right at shift change, I was almost to the station to swap with the next shift. And a call came out that there was some kind of a domestic Mm -hmm. violence situation, and there were knives involved. So I turned around and I went to that scene as quickly as I could. When I got to the scene, I couldn't see anything. I told communications I was at the scene i couldn't hear anything Mm -hmm. i turned my car off and as i did i heard in a specific area screaming and i looked over and i saw a plate glass sliding door that had been broken out Mm -hmm. and as i jumped out of my car and started towards that the curtain yanked back and a lady that was a couple of years older than me Um, was standing there bloodied holding a butcher knife and the blade was probably 10 inches long. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't holding it like this, she was holding it like this. And I thought something bad Mm -hmm. must have happened in that apartment. So I called for help. As I called for help, she starts walking right towards me. And I pull my gun out and I say, put the knife down, drop the knife, Mm -hmm. She was oblivious to me. She never reacted to my voice, never reacted to my presence. She walked within five feet of where I was standing, knelt down, and started putting things in her purse that had been scattered Mm -hmm. across the ground. And as she did, she set the knife down. I holstered my gun and I walked over and I stepped on the knife so she couldn't Mm -hmm. pick it up again. She never even noticed me. No. She continued to pick things up. I ran to my car, put the knife away and came back and tried to get her attention. I didn't get her attention until I put my hands on her to handcuff her. When I finally handcuffed her, it was like she came out of a trance. Wow! I yeah. put her in my car. I went to that apartment with the broken window. And, and by the way, she had a cut on her wrist mm-hmm. and one on her ankle. Um, and they were bleeding enough for me to call yeah. paramedics. So I went to the apartment. I found out everybody was okay. Um, when, when I kind of broke apart what had happened, She actually had separated from her husband because he was abusive Mm -hmm. that particular morning. She left her apartment. Her husband was in another apartment that happened to belong to a family member. Mm-hmm. As she was walking to go to work, he came out and said, Give me some money. And she said, No. She kept walking. He grabbed her purse. They struggled over it, mm-hmm. and the handle on the purse broke, and the contents yeah. flew all around. He started looking for money. Mm-hmm pulling her wallet out and looking for things. She went back to the apartment and got that butcher knife and came down and I guess she was gonna finally end the struggle she'd had with him. He ran and hid in the apartment. She broke the window out with her hand and with her ankle and went in. And when I got there, she was at the door, the bedroom door that he had hidden in screaming at him to come out. We ended up arresting him because he actually violated an order of protection. And for her, we got her medical attention and then we got her help. Um, I don't think she was ever charged with that. I passed it on to the next shift. But um, in in situations where uh, it is critical for, for us to kind of work through those situations, um, deal with all the emotions that Mm -hmm. come with the police and to ultimately come to a conclusion that's fair for everybody, um, that is always gonna be a challenge in Mm -hmm. police work. Yeah.
0: Those decisions, um, you just described the situations and I'm sure you had to make many uh, many decisions like that. Coming back to what you said, a police work can be. Um quiet for a long time and then have those moments of terror. And those moments of terror require, they require quick decisions. I'm not saying you were not prepared for those decisions, but you had to make decisions to shoot or not to shoot, what, how, how to handle this situation in a, in a kind of, in a moment. And uh, um, and so you have to rely, I, uh, I assume, on your preparation, on your training and on your faith and kind of and you feel that adrenaline dump and you feel you you know kind of stressed and so uh it's um it's not easy to make those decisions and that's where it becomes tough that you don't have an hour to contemplate what decisions to make it has to be quick right
1: right it does it's and and, um I think part of what we were talking about is how how do I deal with those mm. moments? How, how do you deal with it? The adrenaline dump happens. Yeah. You, you handle everything the proper way. Uh, the training is you don't you don't go to alcohol, you don't go to caffeine, you don't eat foods that are fatty. Yeah. You eat the right things. You talk with friends, and kind of a formula that I've always used yeah. is. I I lean on what I've learned through Christ, through the Bible. I lean on my family. And if I get to that point where I need that additional professional Mm. help, I've got counseling services available. I've got ministers that I've used over the years to help me get centered again, to help me put everything yeah. in perspective. So I, I get counsel from wise Christian people.
0: Yeah, good, that's good. Because um, everybody has their own coping mechanism. Yeah. So we just want to make sure that that coping mechanism is the right one. You know, we right. it, during the time of stress or something we've been through, we go into different things or to different people. We want to make sure that those things are people are right for our lives, and you definitely have that right structure uh, um, and right network in your family and your faith and, and friends and ministers. We will stop right here today, but we will be back with our special guest next time. And until then, always remember, your life is not an accident. You have a destiny. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you are inspired and encouraged. If you have questions, comments, and would like to stay in touch, please write us at connect at We hope you'll join us next time may God bless you and always remember your life is not an accident. You have a destiny.